What is up, podcast? Jeep and Bubba here, and welcome to another episode of the Jeep and Bubba podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, today's title is Evolve or Die. That's pretty drastic. But uh, I don't know if you've seen that post that's been kind of floating around Facebook right now. And uh, it's basically like an old school sign that you'd see for like a barbecue restaurant in the south that says like livers and gizzards, 99 cents. <laughs> Maybe you're not from the south and don't know what I'm talking about. Um, it's one of those old school signs that'd be in front of like a church or some sort of building or uh, shop or whatever. And it's got an arrow on it. And it's aiming towards uh, this, what looks to be a motorcycle shop, because it says KTM motorcycles on it, I think. Um, but anyways, and the, and the sign says, if you keep buying from Amazon, there won't be local shops to install the parts. Okay, so I get the idea, you know, support local, buy local, whatever. You know, I'm totally for buying local, but I feel like that statement also guilt you into buying local to support your local shop and that's all fine like if you like the owner and he's always done right by you whatever but then when you go to buy something from him and it's 20 percent more you're not supporting him you're doing charity work for him i mean you're giving him just because you like his work or whatever it may be and that's fine i, I appreciate loyalty for sure but I think it's the responsibility of the business owner to evolve or go out of business. Step it up. We're in a modern era. The internet's not going away. So it's time for him to step it up. And it's pretty simple. All he has to do is really put a value on the service that he offers. The fact that he always finds you the right part on the first time. And sure, Amazon offers two-day prime. But it's going to take you a week if you order the wrong part twice. So he can help you with that. On top of that, if that shop offers installation service, you're going to make all your money on the labor. Do you know that the profit margin on parts is typically 10% to 30%? And if you're really lucky, maybe 40 or 50%. But the profit margins on labor is almost 100%. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's fantastic. So I've heard a lot of people in my career complain, especially when I was selling direct to the customer and they like, I'll give you a, for instance, working at JCR, selling a JCR bumper to a customer. He doesn't have the knowledge or the time or doesn't feel like installing it, takes it to a shop. And then the shop calls me or would mention to me later on when I call them and say, hey, I want to do a sale, or I'm trying to see why you guys aren't pushing the bumpers. Well, you sold Jim Bob a bumper, and he brought it in here, and we installed it, but you're taking food out of our mouths. You're taking money out of our pockets by selling to Jim Bob. All we got was the labor. Well, you probably charged them two and a half hours, and it was almost pure profit. So if you charge, like most shops do, around $100 an hour, you make $250, a little bit of overhead, blah, 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 $200 in profitability that you wouldn't have if I didn't sell it to them because you weren't going to sell it to them because you were market up for 20 or 30%. I know I'm ranting. So I actually wanted to tell a story today 
And the reason I'm even talking about this subject is because it kind of picked at me a little bit. I I saw I saw that post and I was gonna I was gonna comment on the first guy who posted it, but I didn't know him that well. Then the second guy I saw posted it was a guy I knew pretty good that owns a shop in the southeast region. I'm not gonna name the shop. Uh, if he hears this post, he'll know exactly that it's him. And I'm not I'm not doing this podcast to hate on you. Uh, I consider you a friend, but this is the truth, and I'm not gonna skewer the truth to uh, uh, to not. There's more people can learn from this than. Um, in fact, you could learn from this, <laughs> uh, and not trying to sound audacious, but you know, everyone can learn from this. So there's no reason to hide from the truth and to sugarcoat it and just uh, let it be. But I'm not gonna name the shop. I'm not gonna name the guy because he actually is a good guy, and I think it's a good shop, and I think people should, should still shop with him. So I'm not gonna like try to call him out and attack him on that uh, side of the story. But there's a guy that I used to sell parts to when I worked for Nitro Gear and Axle, and then. I sold parts to him again when I worked for JCR Off-Road. And he was a very nice guy. And um, I never really had a hard time selling him parts. Um, you know, he was he's a good dealer. But, uh, you know, I always see some of his Facebook ads and sales. And sometimes he'd be pushing the lower-end products. And I was okay with that because I understand that uh, there are people who want to look. And they don't really necessarily care about the quality and they're not having to install it. So they don't know that the fitment's not that great, uh, per se. And they just want, they just want to have, uh, aftermarket bumpers or whatever. They don't, they don't know what's cool. They don't know what's quality. That's really up to, well, some of the customers, but that's, it's really up to a good shop to educate, to give good customer service and to fill out the customer and see what works best for them. I've had plenty of people tell me, listen, I'm not going off-roading. I just want XYZ. This is my budget. Or I am going off-roading. I know this isn't the greatest bumper, but literally it's the only money I have. And my factory bumper's dented and looks terrible. It's rusty. Whatever. So, you know, you do what you can with what you have. So, anyways, let's get to the meat of the story. Fast forward to about, I want to say, like... Four to six months ago, he messaged me out of the blue and said, Hey, how do I start a Shopify account? No, excuse me. He goes, How do I start a website? How do I start a website? What do I do? Should I hire someone? Now, I'm going to add some context to it. So, same guy just a day ago posted this sign saying, If you buy everything on Amazon, then there'll be no one. Else. So, same guy messages me. Not to mention, I own uh, two online companies, um, one that sells aftermarket lighting accessories, which is Dropgears, uh, dropgears.com uh, with a Z, and the other is Black Bear Off-Road, so blackbearoff-road.com, and uh, he knows that I own these, not to mention that I sell parts in person and do installs here locally um still working on some shop space here but still do some installs out of my own garage at my house and have warehouse space where i ship out of buford georgia so he knows all this he knows that basically we're competition but we're friends and i don't mind if someone asks me a question like this and i also don't mind being helpful because 
the secret between you and me, I don't view anyone as my competition and I don't spend time worrying about my competition. In fact, I've spent so much time in the industry and I've seen so many mistakes made by people who are now my competition that I knew that it was safe for me to get into this field because I knew that they were they had behaviors that aren't going to let them actually be my competition. My competition, I'm going to quit using that word now, looks me in the face every morning in the mirror. And that's my two-year-old daughter. She's like, I'm going to be better than you one day. No, it's me. I look myself in the face and I'm like, if you can withstand the amount of energy you have right this moment for 16 hours, you're going to crush today and there's no one that's going to outwork you and they're not going to outdo you in customer service. They're not going to be nicer. They're not going to be friendlier and they're not going to care about the customer more because I believe in my heart that I want to do more by the customer than I want to do for myself. That's just me. But anyways, he reaches out to me, asks for this help. He says, how do I start a website? That's not hard. I just, and actually he's not the first person to ask me that. And how did I, how did you build your website? How did you come by your website? Okay. I said, I went to Shopify. I looked at all the different platforms. I thought that one was the best. I thought it was easiest for me. I don't have any prior skill and knowledge in building websites and coding and that sort of thing or HTML. Um, I don't have any kind of skill in that. So I built this website through Shopify and you can build one for yourself and uh, it's completely easy. This is how you do it. And he asked a lot of questions, pretty invasive questions and I answered them all honestly and I feel like I gave him some good information and headed him towards starting his own website and I thought that was weird but at the end of the day my website doesn't just sell Jeep parts or off-road parts. It also sells overland gears and like knives and stuff like that. And I did that on purpose because I'm not trying to get rich on my website. Although if everyone decides after this podcast they want to buy exclusively through uh, blackberryoffroad.com and make me rich, that'd be fantastic because I could do some really cool builds and make you some really fantastic content if I had a couple million dollars in my bank account. I mean, just think of that potential I can unlock for you. Um, you know, but anyways, it's not probably going to happen, but we can all dream. Anyways, so I made my website pretty diverse and I did it on purpose because I don't plan on getting rich off of my website. I plan, never actually plan on getting rich in my life other than in happiness and in memories, which is definitely my plan. But my plan was to open a shop one day, but I'm using my website to do something different that hasn't been done before by putting all the overland and camping and stuff together. Uh, basically, REI meets four-wheel parts, but um, you know, I actually go through and hand-select the parts that I sell because one of my like little things about the website is I only sell stuff I believe in. So I spend time and I'm thoughtful about how I put the parts on. So he's not really going to be my competition because I'm, uh, I've made my website to be kind of very, uh, niche and, um, very specific. So I just, it, it just kind of won off. And the reason to that, like I said, is one day I'm going to open a shop and I'm using the website right now more as a branding tool, but I've also had a, a good bit of sales, which helped me where I turn around and use that for marketing dollars or to put money into my own Jeep and that kind of thing. So it's really helpful as a tool right now for marketing, branding, and also to you know build awareness. And it also um, brings in income, which is fantastic. Um, so I thought that was weird, but we move on. We move down the road. Now, just like... 
not that long ago, like maybe a month ago, I see him at um at at a Jeep show, and uh, he has a booth there, and in the booth is uh, he has a nice like booth set up. But in front of his space, and this is a, a show that had an indoor venue, um, he had tons of boxes of fenders and bumpers and all sorts of accessories. And this is pretty common. Uh, I, I've got to the point where I'm sick of seeing like uh, a guy from another like town, like wherever, a guy set up at these Jeep shows with nothing but like tons of cheap the stuff to sell to other jeepers like and the reason they do it is because they uh, they think i bring all this stuff and i'll sell it for cheap and map doesn't apply to me here in the show and the person going into the shops like this is great I, you know he doesn't have to ship it so i save money and blah, blah blah and at the end of the day he sold a chinese part to somebody that's probably New to Jeeps, it's their first show they've ever been to. They thought they got a good deal. They go to a home, try to install it, and the fitment's bad because it's not made on a jig or the manufacturer who made it based it off an American part that they ripped off and they never actually tested it on a Jeep. And the powder coating's terrible, and you're not going to get any customer service behind it. But he's selling this stuff. I don't want to say it was Smittybill because I think it was actually like a white box, you know. He bought it from the dark web from one of those weird emails from somebody who can't form real sentences overseas. So he's selling these parts and they're they're flying off the shelf. And I saw him and I like wave and like hey. And then we kind of talked after the show and I'm like hey, I have a good show. Yeah, I sold a ton. So that's fine. However you want to make money, capitalize. That's fine. It's not really my style, but I see it a lot, and I see a lot of companies doing it. And I'm not going to sit here and bash them for doing that because they're just trying to make a profit, trying to make some money, trying to get their name out there. I understand it. There's other ways to do it besides that. But if you're going to pay them money to be at a show, it's, you're also going to want to try to make that money back at some point. And that they're trying to do it up front, where if I was doing a show, I'd try to make it up on the back end. But that takes patience and time. So my point is, he's done this post. If you don't buy local, if you buy from Amazon, there won't be a local shop to install it. Well, I see a little hypocrisy in that. And the reason I say that is he didn't have a problem creating a website to sell parts all over the nation. I mean, he's going to, if the website is, I haven't looked at it, but if it's a good website and it's successful, he might sell products in another state or in another area, and he's not going to be the installer. Therefore, he's doing the same thing he's complaining about to another shop, but he's making money now, so he doesn't really care about it. Second, he's selling products at a show in another state than what he operates in. Um, and Or in another area. Because I want to say he might be in the same state as that show is in. But he's he definitely has a shop that's, like at least 100 miles away, 150 from where the show was at. So the local installer, which there was in that town, two local installers, if they if the parts he sold, they take to that shop, he just did it again. Not to mention he was selling Chinese, which I'm fine with Chinese, but he's selling these off-brand products. 
He's not supporting, he's actually a dealer for many American manufacturers, and those guys turn around and invest money locally, and so he's therefore done it three times, hurt the local image, the local idea of buy local or there won't be a shop to install. One of the arguments this post to is, well, you don't see Amazon supporting a baseball team. Here's the thing at the end of the day. The reason most people support baseball teams is because it, it's good for business. Their name gets on the t-shirt. They get on the poster. Some mom sees that. She has a Jeep. She decides, I'll take it to you know Bob's garage because he's sponsoring my kid's team. And he makes money, more money than he spent on that team. But really, even though it's a good business idea, if you sponsor a team, you should be doing it as a gift, out of love. Amazon's not in the off-road business. They're not in the local business. I'm sure they give back in some way, but we're so busy thinking that Amazon is, you know, the competition or is evil or we're alienating Amazon. Amazon is the answer to the problem that we've had for so long, and that is there's a lot of lazy shops out there. There's a lot of lazy people out there. There's a lot of people marking up parts, and they've made it hard. They don't have anything in stock half the time when we go there. They tell you, I'll have to order it, and it takes two weeks. And then they turn around and sell it for 20 to 30% more than it was on eBay on a website or whatever. So <laughs> they're not doing good by us or right by us. And they're like, well, we do installs local. Support us. We supported your kid's team by buying 10 boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts or whatever that they're selling. Popcorn, cookies, whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. The market's always right. The market's controlled by the consumer. So if you prefer to buy from Amazon because it's easier, because you have two-day prime, and I almost, I would bet, I would bet a steak dinner and uh, whatever expensive kind of alcohol he likes to drink, I'd pay for it. If he listens to this, or you guys guess who it is, and you send it to him, and he he, I would bet a nice dinner that he has an Amazon Prime account, but he still posted it because you know he didn't think about it thoroughly like I am and tear into it. He just saw it and he thought, yeah, that's right. You know what? They need to be buying parts from me. I'm tired of competing with Amazon. Yeah, I'm going to play the old local card. Buy local. Support local. Listen, there's a time and place for that. For sure. Especially when it's like a craft. His craft is not parts that he bought from a parts house and he's marking up. His craft is his labor and his customer service. And the fact that he can educate you by showing you that... On a vehicle, this is why I suggest running these parts. This is what it could do for you. Let me actually take you out on a trail ride and show you how this operates. It takes time, but people have gotten lazy. And when they got lazy, Jeff Bezos came in there and said, You know what? I'm going to sell books, bumpers, and whatever else I feel like because all these shop owners in America are just sitting back and making 20-30% because nobody's selling direct to the customer, and I've figured out that. It's the market. So, 
I've disproved the whole sign thing. There's still going to be plenty of local shops to install whatever you buy on Amazon because once this guy or some old guy goes out of business, a younger guy's going to step up and he's never going to know that there was money in parts. He's going to make money purely off labor and he's going to make a killing. That's just my opinion. Now, if you're listening to this and you're a shop owner, you're like, listen, I've made a ton of money on parts. I hate to see that I'm losing it. What can I do? Well, add value to the customer. Create a good website that's easy to go onto. The biggest offered website right now is Four Wheel Parts. It's absolutely horrendous to navigate. They have tons of parts on there. But half the time when you go through all the different categories, you don't find it. But if you can find the SKU on another person's website and search it, they have it on their website. So it's a pain in the butt. So you make an easy to operate website and to go through. And mine's not perfect. I'm just telling you what I would do if I had uh, you know, someone who could make a website. I made my own website and I built it kind of how I'd want. But it's definitely got some negatives and I would love to pay someone in the future to make it fantastic. It's just good right now, but it could be great. But anyways, make a good website, make it easy to navigate, put good parts on there that you believe in, and then do podcasts, do YouTube, do a YouTube channel, do a local class for free, teach people how to recover their vehicle properly, show them what a good recovery bag is. If you get on Facebook right now and join a bunch of communities and, uh, Jeep and off-road clubs, which I've been in for years since I've started in Jeeps. When I do something, I jump right into the community. I watch every YouTube or show I can watch, read the magazines, and I get into Facebook communities. And the biggest couple questions are is what tools do you guys take off-road? Will these size tire will this size tire fit on my stock Jeep? What kind of recovery equipment should I have? Is this a good winch? Those are questions that your local shop could easily answer for you. And all they have to do is to be a part of that Facebook community and actually answer them. And then say, you know, if you want to come on down to the shop, I have this winch on my Jeep and I'll show you how it works. I'll show you what my tool bag looks like and I'll help you pack one for yourself. I'll meet you at Harbor Freight and we'll run through there or Home Depot or whatever and we'll get you set up. I'll show you what you can do for 200 bucks. That is a lot of work. But if you're going to be a, a successful business person, that's what's, that's what's going to take. I'm currently the co-owner of my family's business. It's called Wes's Landscape Service. And they've been in business this year. Uh, it's 29 years. And my dad run, ran it for 27 and a half years. And he never advertised. Ever. Never advertised. He always offered good service to the customer uh, he always did a good job. He always offered good customer service. He had a, a good price that kept him in business. He didn't try to rip people off. He was always in for the long haul. And some of the customers that we still have to this day, they've been customers since I was a kid. And I've learned a lot from him. And and I do know it's the same thing in any business, whether in the restaurant business, retail uh, service business, you can make money on parts. Now, we can sell someone this big landscape job, and we come in, they just put a pool in, and they want some flowers, they want some trees, they want some shrubs. Basically, what you do is you sell them the part, the the <laughs> you sell them the plant for double the price that you paid for it, and that includes labor. But there's a lot of companies out there that charge double retail. So let's say the the Home Depot price on this shrub is 50 bucks. 
Now your wholesale cost is 30 bucks. So you should charge 60. And the customer would be like, man, I get it for the same price as Home Depot, but only $10 to install. That's fantastic. Well, guess what? You only paid 30, so you made $70 on the deal. So it's it's fantastic. What did I say? 60? I don't know. You paid 30 bucks, you make 30 bucks, whatever. But what they do is charge you a hundred. Uh, they doubled the retail price, and they only paid thirty, so they make seventy dollars. Now it sounds great to make seventy dollars. It's also great to make thirty dollars because it's a big job. You're gonna make. You're not just gonna install one plant, right? You're gonna do this whole thing. And then in the future, they might need some maintenance. They might need something else done. But if you rake it all in it in the beginning, and then they find out down the road that you screwed them. Well, you didn't offer them a good service after all. I mean, the job's done. They agreed to the price, but they just don't feel like. They, they they feel like they overpaid. You know, when they find out they overpaid, it's not great. You know what? There's a lot of people out there just by hopping on Amazon realizing that you're overcharging them for their parts. And they've just lost trust in you. Because why are you charging a 60% markup on something they can buy on Amazon for $22? You're charging them $122. Why are you doing that to them? Well, you're just trying to make a living, right? But you're trying to make a living the wrong way. It's just not right. That's just my opinion. I know a lot of other people have been in business for a long time. If you're listening to this unit shop, the best thing you can do or the, the, the place you make your most money is in labor and service. And if you want to support your local shop, when it comes time to get something installed, go to your local shop and have them do it. Don't pay your buddy who thinks he's a Jeep guy and breaks 10 bolts and then you have to take it to the shop after the fact and it's all messed up and they have to fix your buddy's mistake. That's supporting local. But if you want to buy your parts from my website or Jim Bob's website or Amazon or eBay, that's totally up to you. And I'm going to give one more tip and I really thought about this one. If you're a shop listening to this and someone walks into your shop and they say, I'd like to buy... America's bumper. And you go, okay, uh, the price of that $6.99 powder coated, and I'll install it for $250. They say, well, I was just on Amazon, and they have it for $6.49, and they got free two-day shipping. Okay, so they have free two-day shipping with Prime, and it's $50 cheaper. And you're like, you know what? Let me see what I can do. And you go and you look on there. You don't have it in stock. You don't know how you're going to get it there in two days. Your local part house, they don't have it. They can only get it. Well, they have it, but it's in another state, and the fastest you'll ship it is a week. You talk to the customer, and you say, you know what? I can still do it. I can get it here in two days, but it's still $6.99. Here's what you do. Pretty simple. Whatever it costs you to buy it for as long as that number is less than that $649, say it's $639, you go ahead and tell them you'll do it for $640. I don't care if you make $1. $1 on that part. And then lose money on it. Have it shipped two-day. Two-day shipping. And when it gets to you, two-day shipping, you're still going to charge them $649. And he's going to get installed for you. You're going to charge him that same $250. And you're only going to make $150 on the deal. Now, before, because it was $639, right? You were going to make you know, another $70 or $60, $60 on the part. 
Plus, you weren't going to have to pay that two-day shipping that you lost, so it wouldn't have ate out of your $250. So you would have made $310. Okay, so your hypothetical $310 sounds great, but what you actually made if they bought on Amazon and brought it to their friend was $0. So settling at $150 is way better than 0 And we're all thinking still about that $310 we could make. Guess what? You're going to make that $310 seven out of ten times. But when it's time, when it comes down and you got to crunch numbers, well, my credit card machine costs $3 to swipe. I don't know how I'm going to stay in business. Well, if you're not bringing work into your shop and doing labor, you're going to go out of business. I want to tell you something. If you're not growing, you're dying. If you don't evolve, you will die. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this a little bit different than I typically do, but I did say the word Jeep, so this is technically still a Jeep podcast. I did say in the first episode I was going to talk a little bit about the industry. That's a little bit of industry reveal for me. It's something I'm passionate about. It's something I'm completely involved in right now because I'm building my own business, and I thought, you know, let's talk about what I'm passionate about and care about at the moment. If you made it through this whole podcast with me, thank you. Maybe that gave you some good insight. If you're confused about what you should do, if you're a shop owner, you should do the right thing. If you're a customer, you should do the right thing. Doing the right thing is always the right thing. We'll be seeing you folks.